You are listening to Think Theory Radio. 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 Hello and welcome to Think Theory Radio, the show that brings you topics outside the mainstream realm of thought and ideas to make you think. And I'm your host, Damien Perdue, your metaphysical, metaphysical, I messed it up. Meta- I think, I think that's the first time I messed it up. <laughs> Nothing can possibly <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> your metaphysical guide on this audio ride of brotherly delights. See, I was trying to throw brother in there and it threw me off when I... Went into the metaphysics part. This isn't like a Philadelphia thing. Meta, meta brotherly. Yeah. <laughs> brotherly Although, love. Yeah, yeah. Chicago's definitely not the city of no, brotherly love. No, it is not. No. <laughs> the, the city of brotherly hate. <laughs> Haterville. Big shoulderly love. Yeah, big shoulderly love. <laughs> and of course, Polly C behind yo, yo, the yo. boards, running things as per usual. Mm hmm. And today we are very honored, very, very, very pleased to have a very, very, very special guest. Someone I've known for a very, very long time. There's too many berries. <laughs> I've actually known him before he was born. <laughs> it's my brother Devlin. Yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's a first time being on the show, first yeah. time being interviewed by your brother yes <laughs> first time being at a radio station i think oh yeah yeah i don't think i've ever been in a radio oh, station well, welcome yes glad to be the the first experience <laughs> popping my chair oh, flute. yeah <laughs> you kind of would have to be i mean i'd think if it was like you know like oh my brother works in radio it's like have you seen a radio station no come to think of it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no for sure well that's before I was you know telling him he had to come on the show and he was a little skeptical about it but I was like no you got to do it. You have to do it at least <laughs> once. Like, what is this? And then he was like oh I never yeah I could see where you work and I was like oh that's right you've never even been here. <laughs> yep. Now all things being fair he doesn't live in the country yeah, normally. True. So it's not like he's around all the time, you mm-hmm. know. Um which is one of the reasons I wanted him to come on the show because uh he is a well-traveled individual and also is very knowledgeable in many realms, in many different facets of society, <laughs> including uh, digital nomadism. Yep. I don't know nomadism is a word, but I just made it up. Yep. Uh, and basically, I thought it would be a cool idea to bring him on, talk about, not just, you know, I wanted to bring my brother on the show because I think it's just cool to have my brother on the show. Yeah. But also to talk about what is a digital nomad and what that kind of life is like. The think theory spin on the exactly. Whole thing. You know, I always yeah. got to have some kind of <laughs> yep. you know. There's something there. There's always something you know outside the mainstream. <laughs> Which I mean, although digital nomads are becoming a little more mainstream, I, I think it's still very right. unknown to most people. Yeah, for sure. You know. Um, and we'll get into you know more like, like travel and different stuff. He also has uh, a what like uh, I don't know, I was about to call it streetwear, but it's not streetwear. No, it's just more like a t-shirt, apparel. I mean, also posters, but yeah, uh, brand of like leftist, left wing. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess themed clothing. Yeah, yeah, as you call it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, La Verdad. <laughs> 
Yep. It's the name for now. The best name. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to look it up, it's L-A-B-E-A-R-D-O-D, com. Dot com. Also yeah. on Etsy. Yeah. Well, the the website will take you automatically to the oh, okay. shop. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And, yeah, he's got some cool uh, hats, shirts, uh, as featured you know. in, uh, what was the picture? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've technically been featured on Tucker Carlson. <laughs> nice. Uh, somebody had one of my anti-fascist beanies. Yeah. Yeah. Never, I forget who, like what, it was some, I don't know if it was like a senator or someone running for Senate. He was just okay. like essentially trolling college students or something like that. So yeah. they were like all in a space and like this person was behind them. Yeah. Like I think they might have like a... Like a megaphone or something, but they had the hat on. They yeah. sent it to me. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. cool. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I mean, Free also, advertising. Yeah. I was also featured on some other, like, right-wing blog or something Oh, really? Like that. It was like a list of all these. It was when, like, the George Floyd thing was going okay. on, right? Yeah. So they had all these, like, you know, incendiary designs. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to have a design. It actually got banned off of Etsy. It was like a <laughs> Molotov cocktail, and it said, I am the intolerant left. Mm. Yeah. It's like, this is too radical for Etsy. Yeah. They also made me get rid of one that was uh, um, Nazi punks, F off. Hmm. You know, and That's it was like cool. a picture of a guy. It was actually like, uh, I modeled it after this actual image of this guy, this like Nazi dude getting punched at a rally. Oh, uh, okay. I think uh, I might have seen that one. They were like... Yeah, this is too inflammatory. Yeah. Let's see. I'm like, but it's... Whatever. <laughs> it's just a t-shirt, man. <clears throat> yeah, so for that stuff, I gotta, gotta keep it off of Etsy or... Yeah. Or get, you gotta, you gotta yeah. get on the dark web Etsy. <laughs> dark web. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just visit my website. It's uh, C9... <laughs> 32 characters. Dot onion. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get back more into... Yeah your brand a little later and, and the type of stuff that you create and why you create it and everything like that. But sure. um, tell the people, tell the listeners, <laughs> what is a digital nomad? Um, yeah, like a digital nomad is essentially like you got the digital aspect is, you know, you, what we call like working from home, mm-hmm. you know, you're working from another company. And since you work for home, you essentially have all this, you know, you're way more flexible, right? Yeah. So what a lot of people started doing, and this was like way before the pandemic, I think it was probably about 10, maybe even as far back as 20 years ago. I'm okay. not sure. You know, people just kind of having like e-commerce sites online and stuff like that. And there's also, there's a whole nother world of shady people, but uh, <laughs> won't get into that too much. Or maybe we will. 4chan, 8chan. <laughs> no, no. No, I mean more like scammers. Oh, gotcha, like that, gotcha. You know, selling yeah. supplements and oh, right. that, that type of stuff. But so like, survival supplements. Yeah. Think theory Get supplements. Your bucket of food. Right. <laughs> Paul, do you have your survivor pack? Your think theory survivor pack. <laughs> Mega brain plus or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's like, you know, you're essentially, the digital aspect is you're making money online, right? You know, so now it's more like work from home, mm-hmm. you know people because of the pandemic and then the nomad is you know what a nomad is, is someone who travels and doesn't really have you know a set place right to stay right so with that is 
also another aspect is, or it tends to be Westerners or, you know, quote unquote Westerners mm-hmm. living in, you know, and I have no idea what the right term is anymore, but it's okay. like, you know, developing countries oh, or whatever. Right. So yeah. anywhere where like the dollar or the pound or the euro, you know, will get higher you a lot. value. Yeah, has higher value. So like that was the original. I mean, it kind of still is mm-hmm. the the main aspect of it is that, you know, you can live a much better life somewhere else if you're making money, you know. Yeah. In the U.S. or whatever. Like your company is based in the U.S. or, or U.K. or Europe. And, you know, so there's that aspect of it. It's like, it's that. Yeah. You're making American dollars or pounds or euros, but you're spending it in pesos or bot or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there's also other people who will, like, that's, you know, I would say the core idea of it. But there's also people who they'll go around and they'll just work at hostels. You know, it's more under the table stuff. You know, so they'll work at hostels. It was like the one I was living at in Merida for a while there was a girl who that's what she would do she would just contact places and be like hey you know I can you know I'll work for free mm-hmm. if you know you just give me room and board kind of thing and so she would she was basically like cleaning up and you know like she actually like really turned that place around yeah you know like as far as you know her as an individual mm-hmm. but like a lot of people do that you know they'll do just go work at hostels and you know, or maybe they'll get other jobs, you know, because that's, yeah. that's another thing is what people do is kind of get uh, gigs at, like, hotels, anywhere mm-hmm. where, like, if you're in, you know, a non-English-speaking country, you know, anywhere in Latin America or, like, Southeast Asia, where it would be a benefit to speak English, you know, for, or even, like, Russian or Chinese, mm-hmm. like, there's a whole other world of that. So you go work at like a hotel or a tour agency and like you do that for like a couple months, you know, there's kind of like a snowbird aspect. I don't know if you know what a snowbird is like someone who lives say in like Canada or the U S and mm. they live here six months of the year. And then six months of the year, they live like South of the border kind of okay. thing, you know? So every, anytime it gets cold, they, right. they fly they down fly south, like south snowbirds. Gotcha. So they kind of do that. Like that was... The woman I knew in Merida, I think she was from Switzerland or something like that, but yeah. she was essentially doing that where it was like, I'll save up a bunch of money in my home country, and then I'll go live somewhere for like a year. Okay, you yeah. Know? Or yeah. like travel for a year or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, so there's kind of that. There's... Yeah, I know that there's also, too, I've seen like the sustainable kind of version of that hmm. i know there's like a website where you can, we've talked about it and it's like called world packers i think um right and you can get like and some of the gigs right, are like right. hotels or whatever but there's a lot of them where you work like on a farm and yeah, you, know, yeah. you know um or you know different anything kind of within you know you work for a, like a community center or you know work with the youth and stuff like that right like free room and board and yeah you know. yeah i've heard too there's a lot of exploitation on that <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I looked on the site you know. and I saw like uh, that there was um, all these different like hotel like in resort areas. You know, looking yeah. for peanut. I was like, yeah, yeah, it seems kind of yeah. But also just like you know, you know, it's like a farm or something like that, or a small hotel. You know, they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, room and board, blah, blah, blah. and then they're like working you sixty hours a right. week. You know, when like 
the actual ad was, you know, work 20 hours a week and do whatever you want, you know, yeah. free meals. You know, they're feeding you, <laughs> right. you know, what is essentially gruel or whatever. Right. You know, they're just like, here's some uh, rice and, uh, you know, some protein, yeah. you know. Here's your hammock. Sleep outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do I take a shower? In the in the water, right there at the beach. <laughs> but so what, uh, when did you first start thinking about this as a as a lifestyle? I, I know you don't technically consider yourself a digital nomad. Yeah. I mean, it's like I'm kind of in between being like an expat who just yeah. lives somewhere, you know, abroad. Yeah. And being a digital nomad, because I've definitely done the digital nomad thing of like going somewhere and living there for a few months or maybe even just like doing the whole month to month thing, mm-hmm. you know, which I hated. Yeah. You know, it's just too much. Yeah. Like, there's just so much planning and all this. Like if you're really into planning, you know, you really <laughs> like being on Airbnb, you know, mm-hmm. like searching for the best place, then maybe that's for you. But yeah, uh, yeah it's like, it's that's one of those things where it's like. It's good. It can be good for a couple months, mm-hmm. but you'll get burnt out super quick. You know, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, so, like three months for me is good. Like yeah. staying somewhere three months, and then you kind of just decide. All right, should I go somewhere else, or where am I going to go next? Kind of thing. Yeah. You know. And when did you first um, want to do it? Well, it's actually because I moved to Mexico in 2013. Hmm. That was to That's work. Right. Uh, it was like uh, this guy's assistant who he was a digital nomad slash travel blogger guy. Mm-hmm. And um, but it was before that, it was like my friends, humor, like Ryan yeah. and Ange, and they have like their e-commerce business online. And like he was reading, it was Ryan who was reading about it and mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of broke it down to me. And I think it was actually he had learned from this guy, the guy Tim, who used to run this site, Marginal Boundaries. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, oh, man, look at this, you know. And they were living in, uh, it was Germany at the time because they just wanted to, like, move abroad. They figured this was, like, before the whole print-on-demand thing. Okay. Which we can, like, get on, get into later. Yeah. Of, like, where you can just, you know, uh, essentially, you know, design your own stuff, but another company will print it for you and ship it out. Yeah, they can do one-offs and yeah. stuff, yeah. So this was, like, before that was really a thing. Like, they had their own uh, connections with local printers here, and they, you know, essentially did what print-on-demand is now, but, like, back, I don't know, back in, like, 2000, like about 20 years ago. You oh, know? wow. Yeah. So, like, that that's what enabled them to be able to just kind of live wherever they wanted. Yeah. And so it was, like, first I was like, oh, man, that would be dope. You yeah. Know, go live out, you know, and, like. Go live out in Berlin, like that's where they were living for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, like he told me about that, and the guy, like it was a couple years, couple years after that, because I think it was when I was visiting them. That was I worked for the airlines, right? Right. And uh, then it was, yeah, I don't know. Oh, whatever. How many <laughs> years ago? Um, many moons ago. Yeah, yeah. So it was 2013. I interviewed with the guy over Skype. Yeah, and you know. I was going to be his assistant, essentially getting room and board. I mean, he said X amount of dollars per month, but it didn't mm-hmm. end up being that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's just, you know, whole thing where it was just, you know, after I got there, like his business just kind of went south. Ah, it's like I was, a, bad I was an omen or something. 
<laughs> no, I'm the omen. <laughs> Damien. <laughs> You're the demon. Right. <laughs> so then what happened? So it was uh, 2013 was just um, like June 2013. I moved out to Cancun. was working for him. Then we ended up moving to Plato Carmen. Like he was more of an expat at the time. And like he had his, his wife who he met out there. And so we're like, oh, let's move to Plato Carmen because that was supposed to be and, and now is like a really big uh, digital nomad hub. Mm-hmm. And it just ended up being like, didn't really fit into the scene there, I guess. Like, he didn't, and I was really never that into it. Yeah. You know, I was just like, whatever, I just want to do my own thing. You mm-hmm. know, just figure it, figure out what I want to do, because at that point, I didn't know, and I was doing, like, side work for people and doing, like, design work. Yeah. And then it was actually Ryan who brought it up to me. He was like, yo, you should, you know, run an Etsy shop, and that was when I first started doing, uh, selling, like, logo designs on mm-hmm. Etsy. Like, sometime in 2014, and it was in, yeah, it was in 2014, we moved to Plato Carmen. Then near the end of summer, they were going to move to Tabasco. And um, so I was like, well, I got to move somewhere. So I ended up yeah. moving to Merida. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really liked it there. Yeah. Merida know, was so, sick. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just moved to Merida and lived there for about, four and a half years yeah and that's like while i was doing that i was doing the the logo work plus other work on the side Mm -hmm. you know and yeah that's where i like that's kind of why i don't really consider myself like digital nomad just because of like i have these big pockets yeah yeah of like oh i'm living here for you know four and a half years you know all on tourist pieces which is you know (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's technically legal, so whatever. Yeah, hey, and um, it gives you know it's a good way to come back and visit family. Or, yeah, exactly. Or go somewhere else for you know a couple of days. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, that was yeah like my initial plan to go, to to visit Belize, but then I ended up getting uh having to pay an, uh, a very large fee. <laughs> the special fee at the, at the Mexican border. <laughs> never actually never right. actually left Mexico, but I got but got a visa. Right. Um, and that yeah. was like. That was like way back in 2014. Um, so that was my first. Uh, like I always knew there was that aspect to living in Mexico. Like yeah, kind of like underhand, you mm-hmm. know, under the table, give uh, a little cash, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll smooth things grease, right out. Grease the palms there. <laughs> yeah. Grease the no wheels. <laughs> and um, see, I don't know where I was going with this. But, uh, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, actually, we're going to take a break anyway. Okay. Um, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit. We'll get more into travel and the places you've lived and, you know, just different cultures and how they compare okay. that and much more when we return with Think Theory Radio. Welcome back to Think Theory Radio. This is Damien. And today I'm joined by my brother Devlin. Yo, yo, yo. And we are... Hey, that's Paul's line. So that's my... You're not replacing me. Oh, he knows. <laughs> By the way, Paul, uh, next week... No. <laughs> Don't worry, Devlin doesn't want to stay here, so... Yeah, so. okay. No. <laughs> that's part of the reason why I left. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so we've been talking about um, what being a digital nomad is and why he... 
he chose to do that um, and, you know, whatever what life path led him to do that. But yeah. And which will continue on with that. But also I want to just talk about travel in general. I mean, because, yeah. you know, I love traveling. I'm more yeah, sure. you're definitely and what you know what I like, too, is that the, I, I like the digital nomad term just because obviously like. Right. One of the things is my brother was also the DJ in our rap group called the Nomads. Yep. So when he became the original K N O M A D Z, the original K N O M A D Z, not the knockoffs, <laughs> a bunch of knockoffs out there nowadays, folks, because we were so good. They took, they stole our whole thing after we retired. But uh, but anyway, he became a nomad. He's and he's definitely more of a nomad than I. I'm more of a traveler. Yeah. Um, and he's actually gone around, lived in lived in about what four different countries now. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So yeah. it's like Mexico is like the main one, and numerous cities. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the Mexico, Colombia for a little bit. Yeah, uh, Czechia or the Czech Republic for mm-hmm. a little bit, and then just more recently, uh, Thailand for about nine or ten months. Yeah, yeah. And you're in Mexico uh, for total what six years or yeah, like if I total it all together, it's probably like six or seven years. Yeah. but like over a stretch of time, it's been you know. Pretty much my my second home or my main home, yeah. you know, since 2013. And that's where so you're planning like, to go back to, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, there, lived in, like, Cancun, Plato Carmen, like I said before, Merida. Uh, stayed in San Cristobal mm-hmm. de las Casas. Chiapas. In Chiapas. And that was just, like, a month thing. That was when we were trying to do the whole, like, month-to-month uh-huh. uh, digital nomad thing. And it was, like, by the second month, we're like, oh, man, this sucks it's so too much. much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because a month goes by so fast. And all yeah. of a sudden, you're like, you got to pack up and move again. Yeah, yeah. And then before that, so, like, my issue with that is, like, I'm just not that big of a planning person. Yeah. Like, I kind of, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like that. They just kind of hate it. You know, uh-huh. it's just like, all right, I'd like to get it out the way, but, you know, the right. whole act of it. So, like, with that, it kind of, we realized that two months into our one-month stay, it's like, oh, man, we got to start looking for a new place. Yeah. We're not going to be here anymore. Our Airbnb is going to, you know, uh, end, mm-hmm. you know, and there's probably, they're probably already booked, so it's not like we can extend our stay. Yeah. Know? And uh, so it was, like, San Cristobal, then Huatulco, which, mm-hmm. like, I had never heard of the place before. It was yeah. actually, like, La Crucecita. Yeah. So it was a kind of collection. You've been there. You visit mm-hmm. us there. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's on the water in Oaxaca. Yeah. It's like an ocean, like a bunch of different, a collection of different bays. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, Bahias del Huatuco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but it's it's interesting because it's, you know, it's kind of, um, it's similar to Cancun in that it used to be a much smaller town. Mm-hmm. And then that was, they took, because there's, there's a, actually a city outside of Watuco called Santa Maria de Watuco. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially where everybody who used to live in Watuco when it was like more of a fishing village was, all right, you got to move out of here. Yeah. We're going to develop a bunch of uh, tourist stuff here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now there's like mega hotels there. and But like the place where we were staying at, it was more like we we're on the other side. So we were kind of in the actual Mexican neighborhoods, yeah. you know, like the, the local people. Yeah, it felt like more like a real Mexican town. Yeah, like, yeah. And then you cross, you cross that all like the Canadians. You know, yeah, yeah. You cross that one street, and then it's like all these Canadians yeah. and every, <laughs> so every every like 
every Mexican person in the store is like talking to you in English. Yeah. It feels weird. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on? Why well, I remember this? to visit you and I'm walking around like, and I thought, cause you know, you told me it was such a small town Yeah, and uh, then I'm walking around and I see like, I mean, I see all these white people and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, why are these Americans here? And you're like, no, those are Canadians. Yeah. And it's like Canadians. Yeah. What are they doing all the way down here? Yeah. It's crazy. Cause there's like a West jet flight that goes, I, I forget. If it's like from Toronto or Montreal, but it's like direct to Washington. Yeah. It's like doesn't even like land in Mexico City. I'm like, That's oh. wild. I'm like, damn, they really must love it here. Yeah. Well, it was so it was so Canadian influenced that literally, you know, what's funny is I made a joke with Nikos, you know, who works here at the station, who's originally from Canada, big Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And I, he was like, yeah, bring me back something from Mexico. And I was like, yeah, I'll get you a Maple Leafs poncho, like joking around. <laughs> yeah. And then I actually saw one there that had us, Will and Shab had a, a bunch of hockey ponchos, yeah. <laughs> like you, handmade and everything. Did you find a Maple Leafs one? I did see one. I did. Unfortunately, I didn't, wasn't able to get it for him. When I saw it, I didn't have any money on me. I was like coming back from the beach. And yeah. then, I didn't expect to see no, one. No, I didn't expect to see one. And then when I went back the next day, somebody had bought it already. Oh, wow. I was like, man. So I couldn't believe it. I was like making a joke. They really did have them there. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, go on. <laughs> but yeah, so like uh, after Watuko, we ended up going to Oaxaca City. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fell in love with that place. Like, yeah. It's just it's such an amazing town. It's like, it's way up in the mountains. It's like, I think 50, 5,100 feet above oh, sea wow. level. So it's kind of like, I believe Denver is similar. Okay. I'm not sure exactly, but San Cristobal is actually even higher. It's like 71 or 7,500. So, like, don't go to San Cristobal de las Casas expecting warm weather. Yeah. Like, we kind of made that mistake. It was in January. Ah. And uh, we were coming from Merida, where, like, you know, the lowest temperature there is maybe 60 degrees Fahrenheit, right? And we get to... uh, you got to San Cristobal, and it was just like, oh, man. <laughs> what do we do? Cause and you forget that like when it's cold and there's high humidity, it's even colder. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, it's a very humid place, and uh, I think it was like 30 degrees when we first got there. Like, we hated it at first, and then yeah. it just, it's You're a really amazing city. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like just, in just such great, such great food, and just Mexico in general, you have just, the majority of people are so much more welcoming yeah you know much nicer and there's than, definitely uh, like warm yeah you there's know, a warmness to fa- people like a family kind of vibe where yeah, it's like you're yeah. like everyone's family like you're they'll bring you in like yeah kind of thing you know yeah and like Colombia is like kind of the, the middle between uh, Mexicans and Americans okay you know so it's like they're kind of warm but they're also like yeah I don't know about you <laughs> It's just, but which, especially in recent times, and maybe there was more Medellin. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, they've gone through a lot in the past few decades. For sure. You know, so it's like I can kind of understand why they're like, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, wasn't there somebody famous for Medellin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he had a TV show. Yeah. Something. Think, yeah. yeah. A couple documentaries. <laughs> um. But yeah, so like Oaxaca, on up at that place, and then I was Medellin afterwards, where we ended up ended up going right. to. Um, actually, like came back here, and we were gonna go to Costa Rica, and then ended up um, just not happening. Didn't yeah. pan out, right? 
and then ended up going to Medellin, or actually Sabaneta, which is like a small town just outside of Medellin, so kind of more like an Evanston or something like okay. that, right? And of course, we're thinking, oh, yeah, it's like 20 minutes to downtown on the train, you know, we'll be going down there all the time. Yeah. Never. <laughs> no, not never, no, but know. just like so... So much less than we thought, you know, mm. or less often than we thought. I mean, thought. was there a lot to do where you were? Like, you didn't really need to go yeah. there? Yeah, I mean, like, there was, you know, we had, had, we kinda we had everything we needed there. You know, it was a pretty sizable town, and it was also just, like, um, really beautiful. Because, mm-hmm. like, in Medellin in general, like, you're just in this valley, mm-hmm. right? And, the like, the one, more, one thing I love about Colombia is, like, the... The vegetation there, just I swear the green is greener. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you see it in real life, you're like, wow. Like, That's how I felt so, in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Something. It just feels so lush. Yeah. You know? And uh but yeah, there was just so much to do there. Like we like um we ended up going on a hike there, um, into this big I forget what it's called, but it was like this big reserve that was uh way up kind of at the top of the top of the mountain mm-hmm. in like the valley area where we were and just walking these trails you know and we thought what we could do is like oh you know we'll go up and then you know we'll walk the trail and come like down and back around you know back to Sabaneta it's like I found some you know trail on Wikilock and uh-huh. uh, but it was like the opposite way so we were kind of doing the trail in reverse okay ended up getting lost and uh, <laughs> ended up on a like a a mountain biking trail huh. and like you know didn't realize that till like halfway through i mean luckily nobody came down you know didn't get like, right. trampled by someone on a dirt bike or anything yeah but like i remember coming down uh just coming down the hill and there was people having picnics and they like i, I forgot what i asked them i think i was just asking them like can i take this road down you know to sabaneta and they're like where did you just come from? <laughs> did you guys like wander out of the bushes? You're Essentially. Like coming out of the. They're like, wait, you came from there? That's all the way over there? How did you get here? <laughs> you know, gave them a nice little story to have. You yeah. Know, right. like, yeah, man, these gringos just right. came out of nowhere. <laughs> Thought they were going to rob us. <laughs> it kind of it reminded me of one time back in the day when uh, we went. Uh, we were in Mexico with mm. with our parents, and which both of us have gotten our travel lust from our parents. Yeah, and sure. we were in um, Coba, which is a like oh, yeah. ancient Mayan ruin site in the Yucatan, and at the and it's still pretty unexcavated. I mean, at the time, yeah. I think it was even even less excavated for sure. And so you have a lot of vegetation. You have the jungle there. And we're walking around, and our dad, who's you know was very adventurous, saw like a little trail going through the jungle. He's like, "Yeah, let's go through there, see what's down there." Yeah, yeah. And then we walk for you know ten minutes or so, that we end up in somebody's backyard, essentially. Yeah. It's like, like mind who like putting clothes up. <laughs> it was like this family was there. They're like chickens running around, or like these little kids. They're like literally, were just like in somebody's backyard, and they're like, "What are you white people doing here?" <laughs> Luckily, they were cool. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't. They were just like looking at us. Like, what? What do you? Yeah, we just kind of like did the whole hi hey, back turn, up. Yeah. <laughs> so we swore that we were gonna find like an ancient temple. Yeah, like covered the, in... right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there's something down here. Well, it's too because I remember during that trip that we would always see like these big mm-hmm. hills covered, and it would be like, wait a minute, you can see like a little piece of a temple sticking out. Yeah, and so I was like, oh wow. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, like there's all these like hidden temples there. I know, and it's funny how now with all the lidar technology, yeah. they're actually like finding out like, oh yeah, there are like, yeah, yeah. like sixty thousand structures right. down there. But, yeah, uh, it's kind of like with the like I was telling you a while ago about the whole uh, Maya train, where yeah, Maya, that like uh, Amalos pushing through now, and um, a lot of indigenous people are very much against it, environmentalists yeah. against it. But that's like what's going on. Like supposedly during the whole time they've been like you know tearing out big chunks of the jungle there as they've been finding so much. Oh yeah, I think they found know. a city. They found yeah, yeah. like a Mayan city too. Yep. Yeah. But supposedly they found other stuff too. You know, like hmm. more. I don't know if it's necessary cities, but like towns and just yeah. all types of stuff. And it's just old highways know. and stuff. Yeah, like the Mayan like, highways. Yeah, you know, it's like, and with that stuff, it's like, yeah, like it would be cool to have that train, but at the same time, like this doesn't really help the people. Yeah, people. this is like more tourist mm-hmm. focused, which I kind of hate about that. And you know, which a lot of people hate about it, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're passing through these towns, but you can't get out, right? You know, and who knows what the price will be? I mean, right. I'm sure it'll be cheap for us, but like, yeah. for locals, it's probably not going to be the same, you know? right? And it's kind of like if you ever looked at like an Amtrak map, where like there's these you know very long lines that go from you know like Chicago up to Wisconsin and over to Idaho or something like that. There's like one stop, yeah, in between here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what about all? The- the little towns, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. that's true. So from so okay, so then from Colombia, you went uh, Colombia. Then we decided initially we we're going to go to uh, Ecuador, but um, we were just like, I think it was after like two months, like eh, I don't know, maybe we just go back to Mexico because like Mexico, you get like a six month visa. They pretty much give that to everybody, mm-hmm. um, unless of course you're like Central American because you know. Mexico treats Central Americans the way Americans treat Mexicans and okay. everybody else south of the border. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Um, but so, yeah, if you're from a Western country, you get like six mm. months. And I, I think they do have, you know, very various Latin American countries do have, you know, good relations with Mexico. So they have, you know, better visas, yeah. you know, um, or similar, like six months, you know, 180 days visas. But... um so, yeah, we decided, let's just go back to Oaxaca. Like, it was really dope, you know, I actually kind of want to live there. We are initially thinking, like, we'd travel through uh, South America more, but mm-hmm. we're just like, ah, I don't want to, you know, this whole, like, even the 90-day, we're just kind of like, yeah, yeah this, I don't, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, which is funny, though, like, once I get to, once I get to, to talking about Thailand, like, the whole, <laughs> but, um... <laughs> But so we ended up going back to Oaxaca, and uh, which was actually smart, or ended up being the smart choice, because if we would have went to Ecuador, we would have been there when there was, like, huge protests and, you know, unrest and everything going on. Yeah. It's like we dodged a bullet on that one. And then, yeah, stayed in Oaxaca, I think, a year or two. So we got 2019, and then, yeah, so about two years left in, like, 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, but I came back obviously yeah. uh, a few times, and um, yeah. Then from there, went to Czechia mm-hmm. a couple months, and then to Thailand. And the funny thing with Thailand is like we were initially going to go to Sri Lanka first, okay. and then it was kind of the same thing with Ecuador. It was like you know we had decided no, I'll just go to Thailand first, right? 
And then it turned out, you know, all this unrest, and there's still unrest in Sri Lanka. Yeah. It's like not not the place you want to be when you're, you really stick out. And yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like Thailand, it was, you know, we were only going to stay there for like a couple months. We weren't sure what we were going to do, and I ended up staying there like 10 months. Yeah. You know, and that was only because of uh, they had this COVID visa. Uh, okay. Where it was like they initially brought it out in the beginning of the pandemic, and it was essentially for for any foreigners living there or tourists they were visiting that you know couldn't get back to their country, and then it just kind of ended up being you know quote unquote abused mm. by everyone, including myself. Um, <laughs> as but I mean it was uh, the, you know people were just like oh taking advantage of it because yeah. like, you can get a two month visa extension. In Thailand, which in Thailand, like you know, it's they're very uh, they're very strict on their visas. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of red tape. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's usually you get a, a month or two, and then you have to like do border runs, and they've been cracking on cracking down on that like, okay. a lot. You know, in the last five or ten years. Yeah, but that used to be the way a lot of people lived in Thailand, or a lot of foreigners lived in Thailand. Was yeah. they would get the tourist visa, and then every month. They're like crossing the border into um, what is it, Malaysia, or they'd go up to Burma or Myanmar, mm-hmm. you know, or Laos and uh, Vietnam, any one of those countries. They yeah. just like you know cross the border and then come back, you know, in like a day or two or something like that, or maybe they stay out there a week or something. You know, it all depends on the person, right? Yeah. But it used to be. You could do that a bunch of times, and they wouldn't care. But then they started cracking down. I got you. And you know, the Thai government is a very strict government when they want to be. Yeah. You know, like there's people that get you know locked up for all sorts of weird crimes. You know. Oh yeah. Or like or things that you wouldn't think someone would get locked up for, and you know you're in Thai prison for like ten years. Yeah. You know. Like <laughs> that's why like, I know even our friend Ramsey he got yeah, just yeah. but I mean luckily he was only in the airport jail but he was <clears> right, in there for right. like a week or two I think yeah yeah just because they were like nope you have too many stamps on your passport mm-hmm. and this isn't it doesn't look legit yeah <laughs> you got to leave yeah but first you're gonna stay in the jail for a while but where in Thailand did you live um, ended up living uh, Bangkok for like a month and then we went down south to uh, to the island of Kopangan. Okay. Kopanyan, I don't know exactly how to say it. Yeah. You know, I didn't learn too much Thai, yeah. unfortunately. But, um, but, yeah, we went down there. It was, a very, it was more of an island, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's like these three islands. Uh, Koh Samoy is the biggest one. It's in um, the Suratani province, which is like if you're looking at a map, it's like not the, the border south mm-hmm. of... Uh, of Thailand, but just a little bit further. Like you'll see the islands. Like they're to the right inside the inside. They're to the right of the mainland. Okay. Um, inside the Gulf of Thailand. So you got Koh Samoy, which is like the really big one, and then like in comparison to then you got Koh Phangan, like a little bit smaller, and then you got the smallest one is Koh Tao, which is like that's like supposedly like the scuba scuba divers paradise kind ah. of place, and then Koh Phangan is kind of. Um, that's where they have like the full moon party, which I guess has been going on since like the nineties. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've definitely and, heard of that one. And, um, like it's actually, like, it's way back. It's like totally in uh full swing again. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you got the party side and then you also got like the hippie, you know, 
new agey burners kind of like shaman fire tossers yeah rapists and uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that took a turn <laughs> It's true. Oh, I believe, yeah. yeah, the whole, the, the yeah. cults. You're yeah, yeah, the yeah. Cults. Yeah, the Agama. Yeah, the right. fake gurus. Yeah, just yeah. Trying yeah to exactly. Manipulate women and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. other show, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A sure. Whole show on that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we got to take a quick break. Okay. Um, when we come back, we'll touch back up on that, and we'll get a little bit into your fashion brand and talk okay. about what the influences for that is, more and more on Think Theory Radio. Welcome back to Think Theory Radio. Today I am joined by my younger brother Devlin, talking about digital nomadism, travel, living abroad in many different countries. Uh, but I also want to talk to him about his um, clothing, wear, and um, just all around brand, I guess, leftist okay. brand. <laughs> um, but first, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Out of all okay. the countries you lived in, what was your favorite food? Oof. <laughs> or which country would you um, like pick if you had to pick one? I mean, I think I would still say Mexico. Yeah, just because like their food is so diverse. Mm -hmm. Like you know, yeah, there's a lot of tortillas, rice yeah, and right, beans, right. but you know, like like the mole. You yeah, know, you got there's so many different moles, and it's just mm -hmm. so varied. And yeah, I would say probably like Mexico, then Thailand, mm -hmm. then. I would even put, yeah, I don't know if I would put Czechia above Colombia or not, because they kind of have similar cuisines. It's very meat-heavy, very meat and potatoes. Okay, yeah. You know. Um, and if you added in places that you've just traveled to, because we didn't mm, even get into yeah, like, places yeah, yeah. like, and me and you have actually gone. Right, you right. Know, in Germany together. Right. Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and, you know, places in the States as well. But if they're like, yeah. are there any like European countries you liked more than Mexico, or would you hmm. still pick Mexico? Um, I mean, I definitely like, you know, a lot of European countries to just, in general, not necessarily more than, I guess. I, I mean, food-wise. Oh, food-wise. <laughs> I don't know why I'm jumping <laughs> the food. I think I'm hungry. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, definitely Europe, in general, has better bread. Ah, you know? okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Even, like, I was talking to, like, you know, my friend from back in the day, Oscar, mm -hmm. and, like, we were talking about how, you know, like... Bread in Mexico, it's not really bread. Yeah. It's just like, it's just dough. You know, like, I'm going to get banned, right. you know, for like <laughs> saying like the pastries this are our like, pan? they're, you know, they're, they're fine, but like, yeah. the pan is just, you know, it's, it's very like similar, mm -hmm. you know, across, like you get a bunch of things and they all kind of taste It's the not same. very versatile. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas like, you know, you have like the European bread, which is very, you know. Uh, like sourdough and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, oh no, I know. It's it's, way... In Germany, I like the bread. Even just you know, let alone like France, who's known for you know their baguettes and everything. But yeah, yeah. I feel like in Germany, you could go, you know, these little corner bakeries, and they yep. would have some of the best sandwiches you could ever get. Yeah, yeah. Like, and everyone had like a different kind of bread. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like that stuff, I definitely like. Like that's one thing I think I, I would love about Mexico more if there was more of like kind of this cafe culture that mm -hmm. Europe, that like Europe has. There's definitely that in Oaxaca, yeah, and like Mexico City, you can find that too, yeah. You know, but when you get to, 
you know, other towns. It's not really like it's crazy because like Mexico is, you know, a huge coffee exporter. Mm -hmm. But then like you go like Oaxaca, you definitely find plenty of coffee, like good coffee there. Right. Yeah. But like I remember being living in Cancun or like even Merritt at times, but definitely in Cancun, it was like you could not find like a decent cup of coffee. You know, you had to go to Starbucks, Uh. Starbucks and uh, because it was like you'd get Nescafe. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, or it'd be just like some really watery, yeah, it was you know, watered like, down, like not even diner quality coffee. Mm. You know, and you're like, but this is Mexico. How is this even right. possible? You know, but it's because you know it's it all gets exported, exported out. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole other show right there. <laughs> Talk about countries that like <laughs> foods that they can't have. You know, like yeah, that yeah. are exported out that we enjoy, but right, like, the right. people that live there don't. Or yeah, can't yeah. afford it, right? Like, right. All, oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on for hours yeah. about that. Um, but yeah, so kind of back to the <clears throat> digital nomad aspect yeah. of you know your life and how uh, you know basically your your uh, your livelihood. Yeah, yeah. And making shirts and hats and posters and stickers. Yeah. yeah. You know, first you start out doing <clears throat> logos for different companies and businesses, right? And then you started doing your own, um, which is, if you want to check it out, it's labeardod.com, L-A-B-E-A-R-D-O-D.com. And what, you know, made you want to start doing kind of more political-minded clothing? Um, yeah, well, I was doing it kind of more just on the side mm-hmm. while I was, like, still running my other Etsy shop of, like, doing, like, logo designs and whatnot. And so I had a like a Redbubble account, which is essentially a site where you can just upload your designs and they'll print them and they'll sell them and print them on t-shirts and mm-hmm. they have all sorts of you know mugs, doggy bandanas and you know stuff yeah. like that, right? So you know, put my stuff up on there, and then like I was talking about earlier with the whole print-on-demand thing, like these companies start popping up or getting more popular and like having. Um, was like better quality and just you know because uh, it used to be like you know print on demand was kind of uh, hit or miss mm-hmm. like you would have to you know buy a bunch of stuff from them and like see you know to compare it for yourself right like which one's best you know but like luckily like with Ryan and Ange like they had their company and they started shifting over to these like more online print on demand providers so it kind of like got an idea from them of like who who I should like start you know messing with yeah. And so because of that, I was able, I was like, well, let me just, you know, instead of just selling this stuff on Redbubble for like, you know, making like 20 bucks a month, you know, let me open up an Etsy shop and like start selling my designs on t-shirts and hoodies and, you know, start making uh, embroidered hats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just, the like the thing is, like the reason why I started making that stuff in the first place was just, you know, I started getting more and more into like leftist theory and socialist theory and mm-hmm. you know like my ideology started shifting like i feel like I've always been more of a rad lib before okay. you know radical liberal or yeah. whatever you know and i feel like we we're kind of both like that you know mm-hmm. and i just yeah i just started you know reading more stuff about you know anarchism socialism communism etc and started doing designs based on that and just kind of based on how I feel about the system, you know, yeah. of inequality that we have and, you know, and that's essentially how that, you know, kind of birthed, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's just, you know, I just, 
have a thought in my mind and I just make a design, you know, that day. Like, I don't even, like, half the time, like, I don't really spend too much time on my designs. Like, I've gotten into this process where, like, I just, you know, I want to do XYZ design, you know, open up Illustrator and just start designing it and whatever I have, you know, after, you know, a couple hours, if I like it, I'll post it. If not, you know, I might work on it some more or I might just kind of shelve it for mm-hmm. a while. Because I just, you know, figured that, or just after a while of doing it, you know, with the logo stuff and then just, you know, doing my own designs, you know, I, I figured out that was my workflow of kind of just, I want to get it done, mm-hmm. you know, versus I'm going to do a whole bunch of designs and then post those. Like it just kind of... um just came down to that so i just you know have an idea you know something associated with leftist thought or yeah. you know activism essentially you know all that that whole realm of like you know political yeah like to fund the police abolish prisons etc mm-hmm. you know things i do believe in yeah <laughs> destroy ice <laughs> yep um yeah i mean well we can, you know what you're saying kind of sounds like it's it, more um creating art than exactly trying to create you know like product right right you know so you're creating yeah, like yeah. one piece at a time and if you like yeah. it you put it out if you don't like it you shelve it yeah yeah exactly what's uh some of your more popular designs um i would say especially right now i have like one is uh don't be a scab support the strike and mm-hmm. i like i found this old um political cartoon image of like this guy like this big fat like capitalist sitting in a in a chair mm-hmm. he's like got his foot out and like there's this guy like crawling on the floor to like kiss his feet uh-huh and it's like another one um kind of in the similar vein of like uh no war but class war mm-hmm. and you know it's just a very uh um, I don't know what the word is, but popular. Okay. Saying you know, and, yeah. you know that type of that circle, and just another another one where I like grabbed an old school, uh, very classic uh, comic. You know, that's of course out of copyright. And, uh, <laughs> so a lot of stuff is like a lot of my stuff is that where it's kind of mashups. Yeah, you know, and like this one, I think it was like another like this big capitalist guy like um, with like a worker and like this big vice, and it's like the on the. On the vice, it says, like, low rent or, yeah, something like high rent, low wages. Mm. You know, and it's like the worker getting getting squished and, like, money's popping out. You know, so and they're like, like oh. early 1900s. Like, yeah, exactly. Kinda, yeah. yeah, early 1900s, late 1800s, political cartoons. Yeah. And, I mean, there's, you know, there's other stuff. It's not all just, like, mashups. Like, yeah. there's, you know, stuff that I just create on my own mm-hmm. and stuff that's just essentially, you know, symbolism that I, you know, Kind of do some tweaks too. Yeah. You know. Like I know I like the one hat you had. It looked like the Coca-Cola logo, but it says right, enjoy right. socialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to wrap it up. Nope. This yeah. hour flew by like it <laughs> usually does. But uh, why don't you let people know where to uh, purchase your stuff uh, if you have uh, multiple yeah. places to find you? Um, you can find me on uh, Etsy, Redbubble, or TeePublic under the name La Verdad, L-A-B-A-R-D-O-D. And uh, if you have a suggestion for a better name, you're welcome to message me on either of those platforms. <laughs> <laughs> Going to rebrand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, Just something a little bit more, you know, 
uh, catchy, easy, yeah, yeah, catchy or easy, or easy to easy find. To yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, thanks, Dev. Thanks for coming on the Thank show. You. Thanks for it was a pleasure. Me. It was fun. And we will be back again next week and every Saturday right here on WCPT.